On tonight's episode of Sippin' on a 40, let's do it. Let's talk about tonight's game against the San Jose Sharks. Are your Canucks, yes, your Canucks, not my Canucks, your Canucks, a first place team going into the All-Star break. Isn't that something? If that's the case, and if that's not the case, I'm still going to do this. I'm going to talk about all the times I've been wrong about this team. They've proved a lot of people wrong. Is the Pacific Division a weak division? Yes, it is. But the Canucks, your Canucks once again, they may just be a first place team heading into the All-Star break. How the hell did that happen? Let's also talk about Tyler Mott on the program. We call him Tater Top Mott. Go to the Canucks YouTube page. Go watch the video that, that is circled around his fight against anxiety and depression. I got some thoughts on it. I want to share my, my input, I guess you could say, about the situation. Maybe some advice. It, it, it does become somewhat of a polarizing discussion. At the end of the day, somehow, some way, find a way, do your best to be happy. Fill your life up with things you love. We'll talk about that on tonight's episode of Sippin' on a 40. Man, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. Yo, 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 yo. Vancouver. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Sippin' on a 40. My name, Kyle Bowen. Shout out to SB Nation. Shout out to Nux Misconduct for hosting all the programs that come out of the Post It Up studio. Much love to you. Speaking of the network, go search. Yes, go search up Nux Misconduct wherever you find podcasts. Once you find it, give it a swipe. Give it a tap. You get four shows. You just made your hockey life a little bit better. Shout out to Bondi. Doing good work on Power of the Towel. Good shit coming out of the Posted Up Studios. Shout out to Burnaby. Hey, man, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I've said it on previous episodes. It's happening. It really is. I am more in tune with Vancouver than, than I've ever been. Let's be real. The Canucks are slowly creeping back into my life and a large part in fact the only reason why that is happening is because this team has managed to live up to my to my dream to my vision of this team they've picked up w's over a consistent period of time albeit november and they are a strong bubble team in fact after tonight's win yes win against the san jose sharks a team that is that team fucking sucks doug wilson is going to get fired before jim benning gets fired who would have thought a lot of shit happening your team your canucks your city's team they're now in first place in the pacific division yo 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 cut this music okay cut this music put this in the background okay celebration the game do you do you remember this listeners i'm gonna put this on the posted up playlist tomorrow i really am hey it, it's time to celebrate a little saturday night 
Head over to the pint or wherever you're, you're watching these Canucks. I know Canucks fans, for some reason, without a cup, have, have found a way to sprinkle themselves around the world. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. But celebrate. Are your Canucks playing in a, in a somewhat bad division? Maybe. They're not playing in the best division. But these Canucks are first place. Hey, winning, winning heals everything. It really does. Now, do I sound like a hypocrite? Do I sound like someone who is... What's the word I'm looking for here? What's the word? Contradicting myself. Because once again, I'm not the biggest Jim Benning fan. I would have, I would have no hope for a Jim Benning team to be first place in anything other than the worst of worst stats at this point in the season. That's how much faith I have lost in that management group. Now, again, winning does heal everything. And you must admit, it's time to admit it. And I can't do this. I know I may be jumping the gun. But again, my expectations and my vision for what would make me content with this city and its hockey team is this team being a strong bubble team. A strong bubble team. I've been saying that forever. Where, where are my people at? Hashtag strong bubble team. That's all I wanted. And they're going to be that. You got Markstrom, you got Hughes, you got Pedersen. And now you have you have some room to play with when it comes to being that strong bubble team. Is this team a lock for the playoffs? You can't say so. Look at that division. Yes, they're first place, but by one point. And there's five teams who are one point behind them. It's that crazy. It's that fucked up in the Pacific Division. It really is. But they're going to be a strong bubble team. I have I have no doubt in my mind. Again, they're led by the right people. Winning heals everything. It really does. Hey, I am more I'm way more in tune with the city since I've been watching more hockey. Since I've been watching more more hockey involving winning with the team in Vancouver. Yo, celebrate Vancouver. Celebrate. Who cares if you're jumping the gun early? It's Saturday night. Canucks are not going to play for a while. Celebrate their first place. They may actually make the playoffs. Again, the big reason why I wanted this team to be a strong bubble team and play meaningful games in, in, middle, in the middle of April or early April, games 80, 81, and 82, is because I wanted the city, yes, the city, to watch some good hockey again. I was done, yes, done, with people playing the damn lottery game here. That shit is so annoying and heartbreaking. Is there anything more heartbreaking than spending your minutes Playing the draft lottery simulator leading up to the draft lottery and then losing the draft lottery and then feeling upset about that, feeling like a coward, getting aggravated. I was done dealing with that. I didn't want my city ever dealing with that again. It's been a while. Yes, it's been a while. I called. That Thursday game against the Coyotes a couple days ago, the most important game since 2011. Now, some people raised an eyebrow at that quote. They, they may have thought that I was, you know, looking for some clout, some clickbait. That's not what we do here on the Nux Misconduct Network, okay? We don't do that shit coming out of the Post-It-Up studios. We speak facts. 
honest people on his podcast. Yes, the Canucks have made the playoffs post-2011, but those games, they never felt the same. They felt weak. You felt lost. And the hope, it was never really there. And yes, the Sedin game wasn't that important. Yeah, it was for different reasons. It was important for non-competitive reasons. And we're talking about sports. Sports. Winning matters. It's the only thing that matters. We are looking at a nine-year period, according to Kyle Bowen, where this team was missing meaningful games competitively. And now... And now you're seeing that these games will actually matter. Once again, your Canucks. They beat the San Jose Sharks 4-1 on the last game before the All-Star break. And man, man, oh man, that Sharks team sucks. The game itself, it was, it was somewhat intense. You never, you never know with hockey anymore, especially regular season hockey and especially watching the Vancouver Canucks in the regular season in the recent history, okay? What really is intense hockey? Pretty much only playoff hockey. But tonight's game was kind of rough. It really was. People were mad. And if I was a member of that Sharks team, I would be pissed off too. I would be aggravated. That team sucks. They are lost. People are going to lose their job. They need to trade Joe Thornton. They need to get him out of there. Give that guy a chance to win a cup. One of the coolest dudes in the NHL. One of the coolest dudes in NHL history. We'll have more on. We'll have more on Joe Thorne towards the end of the episode when we have some fun. It's Saturday night, baby. Your Canucks are a first place team. Let's stick to the, let's stick to the Sharks a bit more, okay? I, I want to run through this. This this is fascinating, okay? So last year, Kevin LeBanc, RFA, coming off a 56-point season. Dude, dude, dude is a solid player, especially on the power play. Coming off a 56-point season in an era where NHL players just get paid, especially if you're hitting 56 points. Let's be real. This offseason, this dude signs a $1 million deal for one year. Surprised everyone. Nobody really thought that, that the San Jose Sharks at their current state were able to keep this guy in their roster based on their expectation of how much money this guy rightfully deserved. Look at the other players around the league getting 50 points. That's that's three and a half to four and a half million dollars. Let's be real. Let's be real. But this guy signed for one year at one million dollar. And he did that because he's a good dude, a good teammate, a good San Jose Shark. He did that so the team could be better and well-suited for a long run. He took the chance. He left millions and millions and millions off the table. People in the real world, they, they fight over $2. This guy lost millions. Yes, millions of dollars. He took the chance. Now, if I'm a member of the San Jose Sharks, if I'm the owner of the San Jose Sharks under the table, I'm passing this guy some fucking money. Now, this season, through 49 games, well, I think they just played their 50th. He has 25 points. He lost millions. He bet on himself. He was a good shark. And now the sharks suck. Who knows how much he's going to get paid after this season. 
are the sharks going to you know reward reward him in some in some matter for taking the hit for the team the previous year i don't think so you want to believe that sports professional sports work that way you had my back i'll scratch your back later type of thing no it's not going to happen especially with a team that's that's just lost they really are the san jose sharks suck they really suck a lot of people surprised can they fix it with this current roster they do have some stars on their team they're pretty top heavy i still fuck with players like meyer and hurdle couture an absolute baller carlson and burns say what you want about them now but they still have the potential the capability to do special things they're still great players but this season's been a mess and changes are coming yo kevin lebank Find a way to get paid. You know what? Hold a fucking players only meeting and be like, yo, real talk, listen up. Look what I did for y'all and shit's not working out. Don't don't pretend that I didn't do what I did. Don't forget about it. $1 million after a 56 point season. Don't forget about it. Pass me 50K each. Yes, I'm asking for $50,000 each from every player in that roster. Is that a lot of money? Yeah, that's a that's a lot of money. A ton of money. But it's facts, man. You really never see that. In the world of sport, where the youth movement and player empowerment with those players under 25 is so prevalent. Yet he did it. Real shark. Real shark. This guy should get the key to the city. And that's facts. Your Canucks, they pick up a 4-1 win and are now in first place heading into the All-Star break in the Pacific Division. Yes, it's not the greatest accomplishment in the world, but it but it is something that I hope people are somewhat celebrating. I see a lot of I see a lot of beef online still in the Twitter community. You can't take Twitter that serious. People just like to troll on there and add to their cause. Look, whatever a betting bro is, whatever a bitter bro is, they all want the same thing. Success. And I can guarantee, especially with this team not really having a confirmed first-round pick, they should want wins in some capacity. Remember, strong bubble team, play important games in early April. Games 80, 81, and 82 should be important. I should see some fucking car car flags outside my window. Real talk, driving on the street, waving in the air. I should see that. People should get that smell. Or smell that smell of playoff hockey in the horizon. That feeling. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just really, really looking forward to that. Because I've said this before too, okay? So, so my passion for sports and being a fan, a real fan, a loyal fan. Something that I don't really see that much within my circle. We get older. Some other things come up. And people just rush to jump off wagons to pick... To pick future quote-unquote champions. It's pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. I had a homie. Lifelong Cowboys fan. Last year after Baker Mayfield. Had his rookie of the year type of campaign. He switched sides. How do you do that? I could never switch sides. Anyways. After the Canucks. You know. Broke my heart. Stomped on it. Hired Willie D. Did what they did to Trevor Linden. 
They had me, they had me lost. They had me unconnected to the team. And I would even say post, post 20, 2011, shit was tough when it came to having that feeling back for the Canucks. And even when the NHL went into a lockout, that's when shit really that's when shit really changed for me. When it came to my fandom for the team. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember it, okay? Trevor and I in Morrison's class. I think that was that the dude's name, Morrison? Teaching like second year journalism. In that class, we're talking about the lockout. And I was so pissed off at the time. How could the NHL lock out their league and its fans for the second time in a 10-year span? Under a 10-year span. I felt hurt, betrayed. I was like, fuck this. That's when I really became a full-time, yes, full-time Packers fan. Now, before that, they were my team, my quote-unquote team. I wasn't watching all games, though. I wasn't really into it like that. But post-second lockout, I was. And I devoted all my fandom, my heart, that spot, that, that spot in my heart that's dedicated to, to sports and being a fan, an armchair GM, a person who thinks they know everything, all went to the Green Bay Packers. And rightfully so. You know, Aaron Rodgers, success, wins, hope. It was all there. And it's still there. The Packers. Tomorrow, baby. Tomorrow. Can't wait. One went away from the Super Bowl. Switching over to hockey, though. If I watch some April hockey, shit's over. I know. Especially with my love for the city that's grown over the years in other capacities. Man, oh man, the biggest thing in this city that people come around and cheer for and get behind is the Vancouver Canucks. Is hockey the most popular sport in the world? No. Does my, does my new circle or newer circles around me care about the Canucks? Not really. I'm not going to lie. People in the music community don't really give a fuck about the Canucks. I never have Canucks conversations, really. I never do. And it's crazy because those people, they want the city behind them. And they've tried for years. And I know one day it's going to happen. And in some in some way, shape, or form, it's already happened for some people. Baby No Money, Manila Gray, Boslin. It's already happening. But not to the extent of the love and passion that the people in this city have for the Vancouver Canucks. The city of Vancouver, an interesting place. People are everywhere. There's shit to do everywhere. It's hard to feel attached to something. But the Vancouver Canucks is different. And if, man, oh man, if April hockey comes back, the city with players like Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, just watch. And those black jerseys, just watch, baby. Just watch. Those Canucks, once again, 4-1 victory over the Van... I'm all over the place. Over the San Jose Sharks. Man. I didn't, even, I didn't even get to the part of the show where I was supposed to talk about what exactly I was wrong about. I'll run, I'll run through it quick before we get to that. I was wrong about Tanner Pearson. He's turning into a good player. Now, when they made the trade for him... For Eric Goodbranson, it was obviously a good deal because Goodbranson is Goodbranson is garbage at hockey. At this era of hockey, 
and the way it's played, the dude, unless he changes it up, is pretty useless. Culture is changing. How much do you really need a guy like Eric Goodbranson? It's crazy. Those guys, it pays to be a good guy. It really does. And if you're if you're somewhat of a good athlete, you don't even have, you don't even have to be a good at the sport. You can make you can make your way in the show. Obviously, that trade was a good trade, but he's he's exceeding expectations. He really is. What's the stat? He's leading this team in the last what twenty four games in scoring. Are any of the goals pretty? No, not really. But he's getting the job done. How about Jake Vertanen? I wanted this dude waived. Some are still saying because they're so afraid to admit it, to admit that they were wrong, that they're just saying that the Canucks are putting him, putting him in positions to succeed. And that's why he's doing well. Example, playing with Pedersen and Miller, quite possibly a top five duo in the NHL right now. That's a cop-out type of answer. If you watch the film, you watch the tape, for the majority of this season, wherever Jake Vertanen has been, he's been better. He looks like an NHLer, a consistent NHLer. And now he's doing what fans, what management has wanted him to do, and that's produce o- offense. It really has. What a polarizing player. And, and don't get me wrong. I have nothing against those people. And I was one of those people. I don't have anything against myself for saying and believing the things I had, I had coming out of my mouth for Jake Vertanen because he wasn't good. He was at times useless, invisible, a bust. But for the majority of the season, and it's been a long stretch. It hasn't been 10 games. It hasn't been 15 games. I would say it's been 35 games. It's a long time. The dude is proving me wrong. And quite possibly the biggest is Jim Benning. In 2019, the proof is in the pudding. Yes, is the verdict still out for a guy like Michael Furland? Who we are hoping feels better and gets better and takes the amount of time that is needed for him to just feel right as a human being. There's more to the game than hockey. Yes, the verdict is out on that contract. And when it comes to contracts and Jim Benning, in the past, there's some horrible ones. Jay Beagle, Erickson. Bad ones. Really, really bad. Sam Gagne, Berchi. Bad contracts. But 2019's been his best year. And those moves, they're paying off. They really are. Pearson, we just, we just talked about that. JT Miller. You've already heard what I have to say about the trade. I flipped sides. I did. He's one of the best players on this team. He's been one of the best players in the league. He's been that good. He changes the pace. He's a baller. He's a play driver. And with this team being on pace to be that strong bubble team, that pick is looking to be a pick Albeit some lottery luck. And yo, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to jinx the team. Could you imagine that? The team becomes a strong bubble team. Barely misses the playoffs. Man, let's not talk about that first round pick. Anyways, the, the player is 
is a huge part of the success of this team. Real talk. JT Miller, a true leader. I can't say enough good things about that guy. I've been wrong. It's okay to be wrong, though. In life, I don't give a fuck. Call me, call me whatever you want. Call me a fucking hypocrite. I don't give a shit. It's sports, baby. It's my city. The Canucks, first place. Let's run an ad. And after the ad, let's talk about Tater Tom Mott. Taylor Mott. His story. It had me feeling a way. And I have some thoughts. And let's also have some fun, too. Let's, let's talk about Joe Thornton again. Plays for the Sharks, a team that lost 4-1 to the Canucks. He played his first game in 1997. Let's talk about what was cool in 1997, okay? You're listening to Sippin' on a 40. You are back. Yes, back on Sippin' on a 40. My name, Kyle Bowen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kyle Bowen. Hey, take out your pens. Take out your phones. Learn how to spell my name, okay? K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Go follow that shit, okay? Real talk. We see the listeners. Where the hell are you guys at? We've come to the conclusion that our shows... <laughs> our shows just have some weird names. Interesting names. The SEOs, probably not working in our favor. Our names, well, my name, a fucking Findian name, pretty hard to spell. We got to start spelling for you guys. A lot of you guys, I know a lot of you guys don't read. We got to start spelling things for you guys. Go follow us on all our networks, okay? Do that. Do that. Your Canucks, 4-1 victory over the San Jose Sharks. Your Canucks, (laughs) yo, they're first place. Their first place in the Pacific Division heading into the All-Star break. Now in in that All-Star game, three Canucks are going to be suiting suiting up. Markstrom, Hughes, Pedersen. I called Markstrom a fake All-Star. I still believe that. Flurry backed out. Markstrom gets in. Did, Did he deserve it? Yeah, he did. But let's face facts. Honest person, honest podcast. Quinn Hughes gets voted in. That fan vote shows the passion in the city. Did I vote no? I'm 26. I'm not gonna, I didn't vote, okay? I don't give a fuck about the All-Star game. Who gives a fuck about the All-Star game? Real talk. Real talk. It's for the kids. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a fucking man, all right? The All-Star game. I'll watch some highlights. Sure. Sure. You know, all these podcasts out there, Puck Soup. I believe uh, Spin Chicklets was, t- was talking about this too on ways to fix the All-Star game, they brought up a pretty good point. I forgot which one brought up this point. It talked about having the game in a central location or a couple central locations, cities that are quote-unquote popping, Vegas, New York, Vancouver maybe, Toronto, places like that, LA. Make it more of a party. Make Make it more of a celebration for the players. Make it more of an event that players won't bail out of. I'm tired of hearing the noise about players bailing on the All-Star game and what are going to be the repercussions, blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's boring. It's stupid. Just like the game, it really is. Anyways, three Canucks are going to the All-Star game. 4-1 victory tonight. First place team. 
first place team. Okay, let's talk about Tyler Mott. Okay, there's this little this little video on the Canucks YouTube page. Got me really thinking. Now, Tyler Mott, he shared his story of living with anxiety and depression. Really got me thinking. The dude, you know it. If you watch the games, he's a Travis Green guy, and rightfully so. Does this guy take shifts off? No. He's a hustler. He's a grinder. He's a prototypical fourth-line grinder, and he does his job well. You get value with Tyler Mott, a much better player than Tim Schaller. Should we do a tater top Mott segment on this show? If we gave one to Tim Schaller, we might as well give one to him. Real talk. Okay, let's run the clip. Let's run the clip. Okay, so this is from the Canucks YouTube page. Let's run it for a bit. And then I got some stuff to say to the listeners, to my beautiful listeners, the Canucks first place team, to the city. Let's run the damn clip. It was my second year pro. Starts off as shake yourself out of it. It's, you know, it's a bad day. It seemed to, to slowly build up and get lower and lower. And it would get to the point where you can't find energy to, to get out of bed, get to the rink. In those times, it's, it gets more and more frustrating. My girlfriend was the one who kept pushing me to go see someone. So I'm thankful for that. It was a hard kind of back and forth before I went and did it. Went and saw a psychologist and was officially diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I've come to accept that it's something I'll deal with the rest of my life, but I still have the ability to influence it. There are many things that I've noticed that have helped from reading books, maintaining social experiences. Okay, okay, that's enough, that's enough. That was Tyler Mott. Tyler Mott on on opening up with his with his battle with depression and anxiety. Seeking help, finding help, getting help, getting a diagnosis, and ultimately getting better. Look, I've never dealt with I can't even say any real level of depression or anxiety for a long period of time. Yes, like a human being that I am. I, yeah, some days are not as good as others, but those are so so few and far between. They really are. And I'm not trying to brag about my mental state. I really am not. Okay? I really am not. It's not the real place to do that. I'm just trying to be honest and transparent. It's hard for me to relate personally with those who do suffer from this disease. One thing that really, well, there's a couple things that really stood out from what Tyler Mott, Tyler Mott said, and it was, it was a brave thing that Tyler Mott did. He really didn't have to do this, but he really is trying to spread, spread a message and get others to do the following. And that's get help. If you're listening to this and, you know, you have friends who are constantly, constantly telling you that things will get better and giving you advice and doing what a friend ultimately does, that's great. You should feel blessed to have those people around you. With that being said, and I've seen this with with friends of mine and people around me, sometimes that, that doesn't even come close to working. For some reason... It really doesn't. And ironically, today, I went down a YouTube a YouTube wormhole 
And this was before I saw this video. It just happened to come up. And it was a it was an Oprah Oprah Winfrey em- uh, episode or an interview from like years ago, 2003, involving Matthew Perry, the dude on Friends. And the whole Friends cast was there. And it talked about how, how Matthew was going through something in his life, something pretty severe. It didn't get too personal with the details, but he was going through something. And the cast around him, they got pretty choked up. They really did. It affected them a lot because it affected Matthew. And Matthew said something that really, 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 really stood out. He talked about how, how even though he had great people around him, great friends around him, telling him the right things, giving him good advice. Those things never really got to him. You know, they, ne- they never really worked. For some reason that happens. I, I don't get why that happens. I really don't why sometimes a friend's words can't can't really ultimately get through to you even though they're saying all the right things but it happens it really does. And Matthew when it came down to it got help from a professional just like Tyler Mott did. That's not embarrassing. It really isn't. I've never gone gone to therapy. But I've, I've, I've discovered a recent theme in some books that I've read, in some podcasts that I listen to. Therapy. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. You shouldn't be ashamed to go to a professional, yes, a professional, and open up and find answers. We're humans. Stuff happens. It really does. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're talking about a professional athlete who gets paid pretty well. We just talked about a dude who was on the who's on the show Friends, one of the biggest shows ever. Those things don't matter. What really matters is being happy. Don't be embarrassed. Maybe maybe having to go to a psychiatrist. Now, for, for Tyler Mott, he admitted that his girl at the time, I, I believe, well, who knows, his girl at the time kept, kept pointing that out, that maybe you should get help, seek some help. She wasn't referring to, like, you know, listening to other friends or, or finding a new girl. You know what I'm saying? She was referring to getting professional help. And it took a while for Mott to, to cave into that. But he got it, and it seems like it really did help. I, I think therapy is a is a beautiful thing. Somehow, some way. Once again, I don't I don't relate to it completely. It, it oh man, is this a selfish thing to say? It, it it makes me upset knowing that other people in this world are dealing with something that doesn't doesn't allow them to be happy. Is it selfish that that bugs me? I don't know, but it does. And I just want I just want people in this world being happy. Now another re- another way that that you can be happy. And I, and I told my I told my friend this a couple weeks ago too. Just do things that you like. Constantly. It doesn't matter what it is. It really doesn't. Whether it's writing, reading, going on walks, which I highly recommend. 
Go on walks. Clear the mind. Step away from the damn phone. Step away from being connected with something artificial. Go outside, walk, connect with nature. Clear the mind out. Anyways, do things that you like. Fill up your day with those things when you're going through something and you'll find answers. You really will. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, hopefully those things are are somewhat involved with productivity in some way, shape, or form. Remember, I don't, I don't want to tell people to do what they like and all they do is like, yo, I fucking love being on Instagram all day and YouTube all day. I'm just going to do that. Is that the answer? No. There, there's other things that you like out there. There really is. You may not think that the, you may not think that those things are important, but I but I know they are. And when you fill up your day with those things, it's obvious. You'll be you'll be happier. In little spurts, but those things add up. I recommend it. I really do. Now on Thursday's episode, we didn't we didn't have an episode on Thursday. What I'm talking what am I talking about? After Thursday's game, I told the people, I'm not doing an episode. Was I going through something? No. I wasn't. I could have dro- driven to the studio, but but I, I really did just want to walk my dog. I wanted to zone out. Walking my dog is something that I love doing. My dog has done a lot for me. He doesn't deserve not to be walked. And I know for a fact that that walking my dog, once again, is something that I truly love doing, and I, I did miss it. And since I appreciate it so much, I make sure that those type of things, like those walks and zoning out to some music, are constant in my life. It just helps. Life is tough. It really is. It's not that easy being a human being. Shit does get in the way. But for me personally, I just realized that maybe I'm the way I am. Because I, I constantly choose to do things that, that I want to do based on my appreciation and, and liking towards it. Like reading, walking, listening to music, focusing on music, surrounding myself with, with things that I really like doing. There are a lot of time, there's a lot of time in the day. You know, people always say that, that days are too short and I'm running out of time and I don't got time for this, blah, blah, blah. Yo, go get a fucking app. Go get a damn app that monitors your time that you spend on the phone and you'll be fucking amazed. Real talk. It will blow your mind. That is an excuse. There is always some time to help your life out. Once again, in some way, in some form. Real talk. Download this app. We talked about this before. It's really helping out, okay? Uh, Yo, like I'm only allowed to go on Instagram and Twitter for five minutes a day, and somehow, some way, I'm not, I'm not afraid to fucking tell you this shit because I, I don't really care. Okay, somehow, some way, with me only being on Instagram for five minutes a day and Twitter five minutes a day, add those two together, ten minutes. I still found a way to be on my phone for three hours and unlocking my phone 120 times. Think about that. Just think about that. The habit that we have. With our phone is crazy. There is so much time in our day that could be had if we spent less time on this device. Yo, social media and, and your phone in general, people always talk shit about that stuff. And it may sound like I'm talking a lot of shit about it. 
but I do appreciate what it can do for you. But there are just other things in the world that that are worth doing too. That are worth doing too. That are away from the phone. Hey, I just want the people being happy. Real talk. Hey, th- th- you know what? Is this a hockey program? I always say this. Yeah, it is. Somewhat. It is a hockey program. It's also a Vancouver program. And most importantly, it's a Kyle Bowen program. I just want my people being happy. I want the world being happy. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about Joe Thornton in 1997. All right. So Joe Thornton, he was pretty, he was pretty prevalent in the game today. He nailed Brandon Sutter with a bit of a cheap shot at the end of the game. He's one of those people that that is probably the most choked. Let, let's be real. This may be his last year in the league. He assumed with guys like Kevin LeBanc taking a, a huge pay cut that this team would give him a chance to finally, yes, finally win a Stanley Cup. But it's not going to happen. The Sharks suck. His team sucks. He's probably pissed off. Now, once again, Joe Thornton, he's probably one of the coolest players in NHL history. He really is. Seems laid back. So skilled. Such an unbelievable player. Deserves the best. Trade him. Get this guy a cup. If if your team is out in the playoffs and somehow, some way, Joe Thornton finds his way on a team that's in the playoffs, you automatically become a Joe Thornton fan. That's how good of a guy this guy is. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about 1997. Why? Well, because Joe Thornton played his first game in the NHL in 1997. What an awkward year. Am I the only one that thinks that 1997 is just awkward? Real talk. What happened then? Yo, people consider 2017 a throwback. 1997 sounds barbaric. Anyways, let's go to dealnews.com and talk about the top 10 movies of the year. All right, number 10, we got Face Off. John Travolta plays an FBI agent tracking down a domestic terrorist. Okay, I don't I don't know this movie. I don't know shit about 1997. I can assume though that John Travolta who I think was around since the 70s was still pretty big in the late 90s. Shout out to you, man. Okay, so number 9, we got Tomorrow Never Dies. Wow, I'm so good at this program. I don't know shit about number 9. What is this? Tomorrow Never Dies? Oh, it's a 007, is it? Okay, maybe it's a... Oh, it's a James Bond movie. There you go, boom, boom. There you go. Number eight, My Best Friend's Wedding. Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz competed for Dermont Moroni's affection in a rom-com. Damn, that's a cool name, Dermont Moroni. Damn. Impressive. Cameron Diaz. A babe. In the 90s, a babe. Number seven, we got Goodwill Hunting. Okay, is this the movie with the uh, the smart dude, Matt Damon? Yes, it is. And Robin Williams. Yo, rest in peace, Robin Williams. You're a legend. Matt Damon, you can argue that this dude is a legend too. I would say so. Dude's been around for a long time. And this movie, I watched it on Netflix. Well, half of it. It was impressive. Dude was a smart guy. He kind of reminds me... The character in this movie, he reminds me of the dude in Suits, Mike. Number seven, Goodwill Hunting. At number six, we have As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson. Again, I don't know shit about this movie. How good am I at this podcasting thing? I'll say this too, okay? You want to learn more about me? Sometimes in life, I take myself a little too seriously. 
and I turn off the TV, I turn off the movie, I consider those things to be involved with time wasting. And I've realized that that is somewhat of a detriment. It really is. Cinema, television, th those are forms of art. And they could really be helping the creative process. Do I need to watch more films? Probably. I probably need a girl to do that, real talk. It goes hand in hand. It really does. 2020, year for love. I'm back at the gym. Sexy B. Evolving. It may happen. Number five, Air Force One. Don't know this movie too? So let's go on to number four. I know this movie. Liar, liar. What a great movie. Is there anything more annoying than a fucking liar? Than a dishonest person? No. Not really. Jim Carrey, he stars in this one. Does a great job. One of the most talented Canadians to walk this earth. Jim Carrey. Number three, The Lost World. This is what, the second the second film in the Jurassic Park thing? Great franchise, great franchise. A lot of fun when you're a kid, when you're an adolescent, when you're a teen, when you're an adult. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Number two, you got Men in Black. Great movie. Will Smith, one of the goats. We talked about Jim Carrey possibly being one of the best Canadians to walk this earth. When it comes to entertainment, he really is. How about Will Smith? One of the best entertainers in the world. The different things he's done in his life and how he's still around today doing big shit. Salute to you, man. Salute to you. Now, the chemistry that he has with Tommy Lee Jones on this movie. We're talking about a movie involving aliens and that damn pen that makes you forget things. It's fascinating. It really is. The two characters so different but they play off each other so well. Remarkable. And here's number one, Titanic. Leo. And I don't know the, the actor's name who played Rose, but you want to talk about chemistry. That shit's beautiful. That shit is beautiful. Hey, the next time I'm with a girl and we're planning on watching a movie and just watch the movie, I may just pull out Titanic. Is that, is that a card? Is that a card? I've watched this movie a couple times. It's a great, it's a great piece of film. Real talk. Hey, you could also argue that these two, Rose and Leo, I think Leo's name was Jack. They have as much chemistry as Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones on Men in Black. That's a debate. Really is. Who had more chemistry? Those two on Titanic or those two on Men in Black? This movie, Titanic, romantic. You could say action-packed too. Rest in peace to all those who lost their lives. In Titanic. Man, what a movie. I may have to watch that, yo. That shit lasts, right? Wasn't that one of the biggest movies? Analytically, of all time? Like, real talk? We're just not talking about the aesthetic in the film itself. We're actually talking about the money that shit earned. Titanic. What a, what a movie. I gotta watch that shit again. Leo, yo. That dude's a smooth motherfucker. He really is. He really is. Those were the top 10 movies in 1997 dedicated to the fact that Joe Thorne was pissed off today. He looks mad. He looks sad. He took a run at Brandon Sutter. He played his first game in 1997. One of the coolest guys in the NHL. Speaking of the word cool, I'm probably one of the coolest hockey podcasters in the world. Real talk. Real talk. You got to boast sometimes. 
I gotta go. I do gotta go. It's 10.30. I gotta get this shit out. I'm tired. Thank you so much for listening. Now do yourself a favor. Go find the Nux Misconduct Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give it a swipe, give it a tap. Boom, bam, you just made your hockey life a little bit better. My name, once again, is Kyle Bowen. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night. We over here at the Nux Misconduct Network, we appreciate it. Yo, go Packers, go. Real talk. We're riding out to this again, man. Bang the drums all day. Send me your prayers. Send me your love. Go Packers, go.